Hey there, welcome back to the Advisory Edge podcast. I continue to be your host, Dan Smeda. Today, we're talking about practice management, specifically your strategy around business development. Now, I usually stick closer to the ground on these podcasts and talk about meeting management, but a lot of my work with clients is at the enterprise level, helping firms engage the market on broader terms. And so that leads to today's topic. A short time ago, the senior leadership team of one of my clients got together and processed a Harvard Business Review article called The Ten Tests of Strategy. I definitely recommend this read for anyone in a strategy role in your firm, HBR, 10 Tests of Strategy. And if you're an advisor trying to build a practice or help others build theirs, this article actually applies. So today we're going to isolate a few of the most helpful questions from this article that particularly matter to advisors building a practice. But first, a warning. Too much strategizing is a trap. There is a thing called paralysis by analysis. There are too many spreadsheets. There are consultants like me out there trying to add complexity where simplicity will suffice. All you really need to be effective in testing your strategy is a goal, your own org chart, a Gantt chart, and a value hypothesis. We'll add those tools in as we go. If you're in listen-only mode right now, you can go to advisoryedge.com when you hit the ground and then download the written version of this article. In the meantime, though, these questions can be used interchangeably and in different sequence, but we'll start with the question, does your strategy beat the market? What do we mean by that? Well, first of all, the market is everything. It's not just the advisor down the street, but it's indirect competitors like Ameritrade. Uh, it's robo-advisors, it's competing priorities, it's the status quo. Your value hypothesis needs to include why you beat each element of your market. Why would I consider you versus? So that's what it means. What do you do with that test? Uh, Do you beat the market? First of all, focus on how you win, not against the whole market, but segments of the marketplace, and then create a strategy that deals with each of the segment that matters, particularly your free and lower cost competitors. For extra credit, you want to project this thinking to potential competition that you haven't necessarily encountered yet. It does start with a strong value hypothesis and how you articulate it. Top advisors I work with actually create a value hypothesis and test it with key clients. So there's your first test is Does my strategy beat the market? Think in terms of segments. Secondly, does your strategy tap a true source of competitive advantage? What is a true source of competitive advantage? It would be one that your clients agree provides real sustainable results and it also leverages your unique mix of capabilities. In other words, it's your superpower. Examine your strategy versus the competitors you're likely to encounter as you go to market. Does your strategy really represent you doing the things you are best at in terms of how you engage, deliver, get commitment with clients? The bottom line on this one is if you've got a superpower, you've got to lead with it. You've got to make it the focus of your practice. Otherwise, you're not operating from passion and you'll find that your results uh, suffer. 
If you don't have a superpower, it's time to develop one. Where can you specialize in something that ignites your passion and leverages your skills? A lot of advisors have found that this means they can't be all things to all people. They need to focus. All right, next question. Have you translated your strategy into an action plan? For any business developer in a relationship sale of any complexity, an action plan is essential. In fact, failure to translate strategy to action is a silent killer of results. You don't see it happening, but it does. Your goal is to take your objectives and turn them into simple who does what when statements that you organize, sequence, and calendar. So tasks over time, sequence, and calendared. This is an action plan. It's also a Gantt chart. That's how you make a Gantt chart is you take your tasks, organize them, sequence them, assign them, and lay them vertically across time. If you're not using a Gantt chart now and you work with complexity, it is the number one tool project managers use to make stuff happen. We can talk more about that over at the Advisory Edge forum, advisoryedge.com. For extra credit, though, use project management all the way through your business development uh, work. Network diagrams, critical path, phases, task, owners, budget, risk management. Start with a Gantt chart, though, tasks over time to test whether your strategy has turned into a plan. Finally, uh, is your strategy granular about where to compete? Here's what we mean. Experienced advisors know that it's a fallacy to think you can or should win everyone over. In fact, trying to be all things to all clients is a recipe for fragmentation and inefficiency and even burnout. If you're trying to be all things to all clients, you may be hurting your own success and ability to, to succeed with any client. If all your leads are coming from platforms like Smart Advisor, you know what generalizing is all about. Some of that's good, but not all of it. Instead, great advisors get granular about where they compete. They pick their spots and focus on the hearts and minds they can and should win while avoiding wasting calories on selling to people who aren't buying. So what do you do with this one? Well, this goes back to having a strong value hypothesis that leverages your unique and competitive advantage or superpower. Now it's time to take those tools and turn them into filters you use to select and deselect opportunities to pursue. Should you have minimum thresholds for assets? That's your business. Should you have minimum thresholds for access, engagement, or commitment from clients? I absolutely think so. The bottom line on this one, though, is that if you're getting granular, you can boil it down to the clients you're pursuing into fairly specific personas. Personas is a marketing term. It's just another way of saying archetypes or types. What types of clients are really your type? How can you tell? And what are your thresholds for commitment, for access, for relationship? Now you're getting granular about where to compete. Millennial listeners and uh, single listeners of any age, think of it as writing a really good online dating profile. What do you seek? And then being true to that, what you seek. All right. Oh, there is one more question, and that's often underrated by advisors, which is, does your strategy embrace uncertainty? Now, so much is out of your control in business development. It does make sense to strategize for a range 
of unlikely but possible scenarios. Embracing uncertainty means things like contingency planning and creating multiple options. Do you have a single target market or do you have several? It's the things you can't plan for that kill you, and so you want to hedge your bet by having a few different bets out there. Uh, You can't solve for the proverbial black swan, but you can reduce the number or the impact of black swans, I should say, by expanding your view and having multiple business development avenues. Work with someone outside your sale or outside of your book to consider the improbable events that could derail your plan. What could happen? How do you prepare or hedge? What alternative markets could you pursue that also capitalize on your superpower and help you compete at a granular level? Clients may have some insight. This is where having a client advisory council also matters. Because advisors, developing a practice is a lot like developing a product in the B2B world. You've got to iterate. Testing is essential. And applying these tests of your business development strategy, especially if you read the HBR article, now you're applying sound business principles to your practice. Of course, see me on advisoryedge.com for access to more of the tools that help you put this into practice. Until then, thanks for tuning in to the Advisory Edge podcast. I'm Dan Smeda. Advisors, good luck.